please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main B bus undervolt. Roger, main B undervolt. Okay, stand by 13, we're looking at it. Welcome to Positive Arse Talks, hosted by Mike. The show that talks all things Arsenal, looking to build a positive relationship amongst the fans and players. Grab your cup of tea and stick around with me. It's Friday, January 1st, 2021. Episode 14, Lost 2, Won 2. Welcome to episode number 14 and Happy New Year. My apologies for the unannounced extended break, however the holidays have made things a bit difficult as well as some unplanned events that occurred during this period of time that prevented me from being able to record an episode, but we're just going to fit in all four of these matches that just happened in the past two weeks. Also, I believe going forward the best approach is to get off this uh, play-by-play analysis and just start giving my personal review of the match. And go over any goals or anything else that I think should be discussed. Just because I realize I sound like a robot at this point, And I want this to be a free-flowing conversation. Eventually, once I've moved out and have a bit of space to set up my own personal studio. I'd like to have guests and possibly even record shows showing my face live on Twitch and other platforms. Or something more along those lines. But that's further down the line. Uh, don't worry, podcast will still exist, but I just think this helps everyone, and I'm looking into getting a Discord going once I get some more feedback and such, and people start listening to me about certain things, and want to ask me questions, and all that jazz. Uh, I can't say that I'm getting too much traction right now, since I'm not really promoting myself, as this is just for fun, and anyone that's sticking around, that's awesome, thank you. Anyone that's not, tell your friends. This is a sensible Arsenal podcast. We're not just going to complain and bitch and moan. We're going to actually try to keep a more positive environment around us because the energy is free flowing into the world and the resonance and ozone layer energies are off the grid right now. So it would be in our best interest to try to make the most of us being as positive as we can. And as you see, we just need to learn patience. This isn't really a business venture for me. Uh, It's not some scam to make people come in and donate money to me, but rather have an open-minded community that can speak with one another. And Look, I'm even down to have opposing fans on as guests. Once that time comes, starting Discord and other platforms will help significantly. So... As 2020 comes to an end, I get closer and closer to my goal of building my own studio for both podcasts and music. I love to mix music, and I've been head over heels with drum and bass lately. I can go anywhere ranging from techno to progressive house to alt-rock, classic rock. I mean, I just love all types of music. The only ones that... I can't really get on board with this country and rap. I don't understand them. The ones crying about uh, we lost our dog or our son or our daughter. And, you know, the other one uh, is just screaming profanity. And I don't really understand half the time what they even mean. But that's not the point. We're here to talk about the show, right? So, today's topics include discussing our 14th, 15th, 
and 16th English Premier League games against Everton, Chelsea, and Brighton, as well as our Carabao Cup in the English Football League against Manchester City. And it only makes sense to go in order as they were played, so the first match would be Arsenal versus Everton. And our starting lineup looked as such. We had Burnt Leno in net, we had Rob Holding in defense, David Luiz in defense, and Tierney in defense, and then it looked like we were playing a 3-4-3. So we had Maitland-Niles and uh, Saka playing those wingbacks, and then we had Ceballos and Elneny in the middle. And then we had Pepe and Ketia and Willian up top as the three. Now... I know I said I'm not going to do like the play-by-play thing, but I like to give timestamps, so I will still continue to say like whatever minute the match something was, right? Just because I don't know if people have access to actually watch full-length games or replays. You can go back and watch, or if you look at some of the highlights, uh, usually the YouTube general ones have some that I'm talking about, and if not, you know, you can just kind of skip through the match to see what minute the YouTube video is in, and bam, <clears throat> you could kind of watch to see what I'm talking about, or what I visibly saw. But, in the 15th minute, I noticed that uh, Michael Keane, the center back from Everton, had a wide open shot from about 35 yards out, and yeah, I understand that some of our defenders and midfielders and such will want to uh, give the space so that nobody can cut in behind them to go through the middle, but if you're the closest man to the ball, I think you should be running towards it. It was just like backpedaling and gave Keane a wide-open chance to just take a shot, and it wasn't too far off, so just wish he would have attacked the ball a little bit better, but then we move on to the first goal that happened, and that was in the 22nd minute. It was a goal for Everton, where Tom Davies was able to find Awobi on the right side, and Awobi was able to get a crossover top to her Calvert-Lewin, who got a head on it, and because of the weird deflection, it ended up hitting off Holdings, uh, thigh, knee, something in that general area, and because it did hit that area, and he was running towards the net, it kicked perfectly into the back of the net for an own goal, and that was one nothing against Everton. Uh, you know, these types of things won't really happen if we can be a little bit more compact in the middle to not allow, you know, Tom Davies to have the opportunity of play to give it out to Iwobi, and it looked like Iwobi went... He, I mean, look, he got one of those really fast crosses in, and unfortunately, holding was uh, just kind of positioned wrong behind Calvert-Lewin, and that mistake cost us. In the 25th minute, uh, Kieran Tierney sliced the ball in between two defenders to give the ball to Enkedia, and for whatever reason, he just decided to take a shot as soon as he received the ball. I thought that he could have settled it, at least take one step with it, and try to just drill it into the bottom left or right corner, but instead he took a one-time, and it just went wide, and, you know, uh, if you're a striker and you're given that chance, you don't get many of those. And the fact that he was just so wide open in that moment, I mean, could have done a lot better. I mean, it should have been at least on net in my my eyes, you know. But it is what it is. He's young. He's learning. Could have been 1-1. We move on. 
in the 33rd minute, which was the goal for Arsenal. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles ended up preventing the ball from being cleared by the Everton defense. He played a ball into the middle that got to nobody aside from Keane, who headed it back toward him. Then he followed through, and Tom Davies kind of went to get the ball and didn't realize Ainsley Maitland-Niles was able to attack it and beat him to it. And because he kicked his foot, he got a penalty. Penalty was taken by Pepe, got into the bottom right corner, and made Pickford go towards the right. It's tied at 1-1. It's good. We can still keep fighting. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. But then the second goal happened right before the end of the first half. There was a 45th minute right around that area where Everton had a corner that Sigurdsson took, and Gary Mina was able to get his head to the ball. And make a 2-1. I mean, the guy's like 7 foot for whatever reason we had. Um, I think it was Hector Bellerin was trying to mark him. I, I, I really just don't understand that. He's really, really small. I'm not saying anyone else is as tall as that guy. But put a bigger man on him. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the other person that I was kind of following with him too was Pepe. Just, he's not really good at defending on crosses or any time at all. From what I've seen. I uh, kind of just let him run right past him, and he was a step or two behind him before Mina's head hit the ball. So, yeah, we just love standing around during corners and set pieces, but uh, not what we could do there. Learn from our mistakes. First half ends. Um, there were no goals scored in the second half because the game ended as a loss two to one but just a few points that i picked out um 54th minute there was a moment where william played across toward the middle and pickford came out to punch the ball away and louise was able to take a one-time shot that came out off of that rebound and ended up hitting the post and the ball was cleared after that because it went right to uh, mina's legs that was just unfortunate 77th minute on a set piece for everton again we just Love standing around and leaving Keane all by himself. Uh, I think the ball's placed about like 35, 40 yards out. And for whatever reason, our guys just never follow. I, I, I don't care if you think that you've committed a line to make people go off sides. You should still follow. Even if they're, the ball's kicked, like if they truly were off sides, then the sidelinesman is going to raises flag you know i mean he's gonna call the offsides or there's var now in the premier league so don't even worry about that play until the whistle is blown could have just been like goal number three for everton so we got lucky there uh not much happening after that a bunch of up and down um the 90th plus first minute will have made a sliding challenge on godfrey that it, i thought he was lucky he didn't get a straight red card for i mean he deliberately took out Took him out. I mean, he committed to a challenge that he was so late to. Uh, and then in the 90th plus 5th minute, there was a lot of developing play. It started when Ainsley Maitland-Niles took the ball into the box himself on the right side. And then he was able to play a ball tor low towards the back post, but nobody was there. Tierney was able to receive that ball and recover it and find Sokka in between defenders yet again, slicing them. And then Sokka was on the run behind the defense and... Saka tried taking a shot that was blocked by Pittsburgh, and unfortunately that ball was cleared away, and the match ended. So yeah, we lost that game 2-1. to one. Uh, The next match that we'll get into was the one in the Carabao Cup against Manchester City. 
and our lineup looked as such. We had Alex Runerson in that. We had Mustafi, Gabriel, Kolasinac, and Maitland Niles in the back. Uh, we had El Nenny, Sabat. I'm. I think it was a 3-4-3, so then it would be Mustafi, Gabriel, Kolasinac were in that back three, right? And then Maitland Niles and Cedric were playing right and left wing back. And then we had um, Elneny and Sabayos playing into the middle. And then the front three ended up being Willick, Lacazette, and Martinelli. And let's get right into it. So, yeah, we lost 4-1. to one. Uh <laughs> The first goal came within, like, the second minute. Uh, ball came through and across from Zinchenko on the left side and made its way to Gabriel Jesus, who was able to just run right behind Mustafi. And, yeah, on the six-yard box, he beat Leno to and he was able to just put that right through and get it into the near post. It's just poor defending, the way that we're marking some people and we're on the wrong side of them and you know i just don't think that that cross should have even came out to begin with but it is what it is and we move on in the 33rd minute martinelli ran the ball down to the touchline and played a great crossover top the six yard box and lacazette was in the end of it uh, get his goal with his head and bam it's 1-1 tied. Uh, nothing really happened after that point. The first half end, it was just about a up and down, if anything. To be completely honest, we were more so on the defensive threat or defensive front, just because uh, there was so much pressure coming in from those guys, and I don't even remember what the possession really looked like at that point. But it, I would generally say that Man City had it at a 60 to 40. And after that, the first half ended. In the 54th minute of the second half, uh, Riyad Mahrez took a free kick that went right to Runerson, and he pretty much punched it or pounded or tapped the ball. Like, he tried making a save, and it, uh, it like, popped up into the top right corner of the net, and the ball was literally kicked right at him where he was standing. So that that's got to be saved. That's just poor. So... That's Runerson's fault. I can't really blame anyone else other than just poor goalkeeping on his end. And yeah, man, said he went up 2-1 after that point. In the 59th minute, we got countered. And Fernandino played a great chipped ball over our defense that Foda was able to get to. And put past Runerson. This made the game up again. 3-1 for Man City. Uh, one thing I did notice, but it doesn't matter in cup matches because VAR doesn't exist. Foden was offsides when the ball was played to him over top. But, I mean, because the sidelinesman didn't catch it, SOL. If you don't know what that means, just because my girlfriend asked me the other day, what does SOL mean? Shit out of luck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, offsides can't be contested. Uh, we move on. And then the fourth goal came in where um, in the 73rd minute, Foden played a short corner to Mahrez, who immediately turned the ball back to Foden. And Foden played a great cross toward the back post, and Almyrick Laporte was on the end of it <clears throat> and was able to make that 4-1 to on like a volley. And that was pretty much the end of the game. We weren't really... 
causing too much havoc or pressure or anything of that sort. For Man City, they pretty much had their grounds covered, and there was not much that we could really do from that point. And yeah, I pretty much had a, the game was over after that. And we will move into the Arsenal versus Chelsea match. Let me just pull up the lineup here. And bam. <clears throat> so we were in a London Derby. And it seemed this is where the turn was made. Uh, we made some change. Well, Arteta made some changes with the starting lineup. And let's just say that it worked in its favor and i think going forward we need to continue to do this but we won three to one our starting lineup looked as such we had burnt leno and net and then oh i've been waiting for this we finally switched our formation to a four two three one that's what we need it just works it works so much better to make triangles and diamonds and squares and, and, you know, there's so many more passing opportunities. But we had Burt Leto in net. Hector Bellerin playing right back. Uh, Rob Holding playing center right back. Pablo Maria playing left center back. And Tierney was playing left back. Then we had El Nenny and Shaka playing in that two center defensive mid role. Then we had um, Bukaya Saka playing on the right wing. Emil Smith Rowe was playing as Cam. That was his first start of the season for us. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli was on the left. And then we had Alexandra Lacazette up top. And in the 13th minute, uh, there was a free kick taken by Mason Mount that hit the outside of the goalpost. That was a scary moment. I mean, that could have really dictated the game. They got that early lead. Uh, we got lucky there, but yeah, it's just silly to be committing fails right outside of the 18-yard box. We play against some of these teams that specifically probably, you know, train their free kicks and their set pieces on a daily basis whenever there's not a match being played, right? But after that, in the 33rd minute, um, Kieran Tierney was able to run into the box, passing Reese James, and James stuck his foot out late, uh, clipping his heel, it looked like, making Tierney... Um, fall, and because it was a goal-scoring goal opportunity inside the box, he won a PK. Lacazette comes up, takes the PK, and it's 1-0 to the Arsenal. Good to get that lead. Uh, about 10 minutes later in the 43rd minute, Bukai Saka was failed by Conte right outside the 18-yard box on the right side, and this is perfect for what? None other than Xhaka comes up, and I don't know why, when he stood there, I just felt it. I was like, oh, this might go in. The, I, this is usually where he's good, and whew, man, I'll tell you, that was a rocket. He came up, take the free kick, and that was a Xhaka boom to the top right bin, beating Edward Mendy. He couldn't even get his hands towards the ball, and now it's 2 nothing Arsenal. Uh, just 12 minutes later, in the 55th minute, uh, we saw Emil Smith-Rowe play the ball to Saka sitting outside the 18-yard box on the right side, and Saka looked like he crossed the ball, and it ended up in the back of the net for 3 nothing. Um, he's told reporters and journalists and all of these interviews and stuff that he 
saw the goal is open. I've watched the replay a few times, and it does look like he kind of took a peek at the net. So I, hey, I I can only take your word for it, but it sure looked like it was across to the back post. But that was a beautiful clinical finish, and we needed that. In the 64th minute, we almost got a fourth goal. Uh, Tierney brought the ball down the left side and found Martinelli inside of the box, who was just kind of wide open by himself in the middle. And unfortunately, the uh, shot was blocked and saved by Eduard Mendy. Then in the 83rd minute, Mendy passed the ball right to Lacazette, and he attempted to curl it past him, but he should have just chipped it over Mendy. I don't know why he was trying to do that real nice curled finesse shot when if he would have just chipped the ball over him he would have had at least a better chance to get it over him and make him kind of have to commit to running back and stuff and maybe you could even follow up the ball um then uh chelsea's goal came in the 85th minute when pulisic was able to dribble in between two of our guys including the referee and he found hudson odoi on the right side who was able to play a ball across the box and uh, it hit Abraham right in his chest, who finished it. Uh, VAR had to check it for a little while. They thought his knee was offsides, but um, it was so close, I think, that just gave the goal. And then the last big thing to happen, which I'm very proud of him for doing, and I'm, I'm glad that he was able to keep it out in the 90th plus second minute. Uh, Burn Leno made a huge, huge save against a penalty, and a Jorginho came up to take, and that kept us ahead by two goals in the game shortly, or finished shortly after. And, yeah, we, we got three points. We needed that desperately, just because we couldn't leave with anything at Everton, right? And we'll go through the last game, which is up against Brighton. And we won one nothing. The lineup looked as such. Uh, we had Leno and Nett. Hector Bellerin playing right back. Holding playing right center back. Mari left center back. Tierney left back. Shaka Elneny, center defensive mids. Saka on that uh, right wing again, or right mid, whatever you want to call it. Smith Rowe on the cam position. Uh, Martinelli le- uh, left mid, and we played Aubameyang up top. <laughs> And first half, not much really happened. Both sides looked poor. It was like kickball for a bit. No one could really keep clear possession. I mean, if anything, Arsenal had more of the possession, but it wasn't like we were doing too much with it. Uh, We ended up being silly and giving the ball away. And it kind of looked like Brighton had more pressure on us as we just couldn't connect anything for our lives, like I said, right? So that was just kind of the first half for me, but... Uh, first half ended in the 46th minute. Uh, Pascal Grobe, or Gross, uh, however they say it, there's so many different uh, like um, different ways to say some of these guys' names, especially when they're from different countries. So I apologize if I said that wrong. Uh, but he played a corner that hit off Holding's chest onto the ground, and he took a slide tackle. And people had complaints for a PK, but. It was a good decision for the ref because there was barely any contact on that, I thought. So I'm glad that didn't end up being a PK because I don't know why we really look at that too much. I mean, they did. They didn't find anything. Excuse me. New Year's Day, man. What a long night. (laughs) 
in the 50th minute. Saka played an amazing ball on the ground to Aubameyang, and all the shot was saved by Sanchez right on the line. We we got to finish those. I thought uh, I thought that was going to end a little bit of a drought that he's had, especially since he's been out injured a few games, like the two that we or yes. The two we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, so that was against Everton and Man City. Um, and then in the 66th minute, um, so Lacazette was literally subbed in uh, about like 48 seconds prior to this happening. Or in the 66th minute, Bukaya Saka was able to run the ball down the right side, was able to find Lacazette by himself in the middle. Settled the ball and blasted it right into the bottom right corner of the net. And it's 1-0 to the Arsenal. Like I said, Lacazette just came under the pitch 48 seconds before the goal. So that's a master stroke by Arteta to bring him into the game. He's, he's got the most goals on our team, so nothing wrong with that. But to end everything on a good note like this, uh, Again, we got another three points from there. So, like I said in my last uh, episode, I thought that by time New Year's is here, I think we could leave with six to seven points, and my prediction was right. So, we'll see if that continues. Um, West Brom's going to be a difficult match. I know that they lost uh, to Leeds about four to one or something. I think they scored on themselves twice the last time they were on the pitch, but... There's no excuse because uh, they just tied against Liverpool and broke their home record of always winning every match. Uh, so, you know, anything could really happen. In conclusion, it's fair to say that it's time for our youth development to stay in these runs of games, give them more chances. Uh, I, I mean, ever since Martinelli and Smith Rowe came into the lineup against Chelsea, we have a better press going and more tenacity up top. Um, it's just more energy overall, you know. I, I feel... More creativity is being made, and I wouldn't mind seeing Ozil come into the lineup just to give a break to Smith Rowe from time to time. I mean, we're paying him, and it doesn't sound like he's leaving, so we'll see what happens in that. It's the January transfer window, so we can start to acknowledge who do we want to be a part of this full team, especially if some players go out away on loan or even just get sold. I mean, one that just happened and is confirmed, Sade Kolasinac is going back to FC Schalke. And he's going to be there on loan until the summer. So, all the best to you, man. No more never passing forward. <laughs> uh, the guy is literally just always looking back. But, um, yeah, hopefully the tank do, does good out there. He'll get some more game time. And we'll see how he looks once the summer comes around. And maybe we can turn that into a permanent deal. Because I don't think he's a long-term uh, plan. You know, I, we have... Kieran Tierney there, and I'm sure that there are some guys in the youth development that could take over that position just fine. I mean, um, we have Ainsley Mayo Niles. He could play pretty much any of those positions. So, yeah, we have options. But uh, Willian uh, was not on the field. has been a wonder in itself, and I think this now brings about competition amongst himself and Pepe to try and get themselves in the starting 11 from these young guys. Uh, I think it creates a better atmosphere because people have to start working harder, right? Or if you're just going to be that lazy mooch that sits on the sideline and just collects your money, I mean, what's the point of even playing soccer? You don't want to be on the field? I mean, I get that you're at an old age, but that's uh, I'd always want to be playing, right? 
Martinelli was well missed, like I said, and it's good to see him back. Smith Rowe is oozing shades of Grealish, I thought, and not just for the socks and the shown calves. <laughs> um, he's got like that 70s, 80s sock look where they're really, really low, but seriously, he can get him behind, he creates space, and makes a play happen. He's playing simple passes, and anytime he loses the ball, he's working hard to get it back, so that's something we need. We also need to keep this run of games going as our next match is coming up on uh, tomorrow, like I said, against West Brom. Uh, I don't care what position they're in. I mean, look at us right now. You think it's any better that we're sitting in? I haven't even looked at the league table. Apologies, but uh, we were just underneath Leeds, right? And we were in 15th or 14th place. So I think this next run of games is important to see how our... Uh, season may end, you know, and it starts from the bottom. You're going to work your way up top. Um, top four doesn't really, I can't even say that it doesn't seem possible because anything could happen. And I don't want to put that bad juju into the universe because we're here to sprout positivity and we're just not going to get ourselves involved with that bullshit, all that toxic thinking, you know, we don't need that. But, Let's keep this run going, and hopefully we see more from these young guns. And hopefully Aubameyang starts finding more confidence, finishing the ball. Lacazette keeps getting goals. Martinelli starts finishing. I think we have a really good, well-rounded team. It's just we've been missing some of the players that were actually doing really well last year before they actually got injured. Um, uh, one transfer rumor that I've heard of that has been coming out from NBC Sports in America lately is that we're going after Julian Brandt from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I hear that he's always like an off-and-on player. He's still young, so maybe that could change. I don't know, but maybe to add more creativity. I don't know how solidified that deal is. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, you know, but we'll see. I mean, it could be, uh, it could be good, but maybe it would be nice to see if we can get him on loan for the short term and then add like clause that we could pay for in the summer if we really think it's worth it you know I, I i don't like committing to players when it's only halfway through the year because who's to say that that player comes in does good for the first half or just comes in and just sucks you know like sorry i was just describing why you would want to buy somebody because they did good in the first half or that second half right <laughs> but um i mean no it kind of goes hand in hand like Borussia dortmund if he was doing really good in the first half of that season or his season there who's to say comes over here and the second half shit you know but i haven't heard too much from his name we'll see what develops up there i wouldn't mind it uh I mean, it's whatever I feel the club thinks is best for them, right? Because I can't really control those things. Really like to see Bundia. But at the same point, maybe Julian Brandt would come in to fill in shoes for Danny Ceballos, who I don't think Arteta's going to try to make a permanent deal. I mean, doesn't seem like he's in his plans, right? Uh, El Nenny and Shocker are playing over him. When Partey comes back, he's going to start over him and... I just don't think anything will change from that point, right? But, so that's going to be my friends. Come on, you gutters!
Soaking through Girls that held us up against the wall Soaking through Girls that held us up against the wall